And a good afternoon to you on a partly cloudy Thursday afternoon. We appreciate the mercy of the Lord and appreciate you being with us. And this uh, is a program that has been going on now for, well, this will, this will be, we didn't, I used to be in the morning. And so I ran mornings from January the 31st to the first week in June of the first year of broadcast, 1987. And then I had a brain infection and almost died. And so I come off the air and the, the, everything switched around. And then it was later that fall that we began the segment called Prayer Time in the Afternoon. That was my only on-air appearance. I used to announce, used to be a DJ. And, uh, of course, all that changed with the brain infection because I couldn't even hardly remember my name. Still can't at times, but uh, that's, that's, that's part of it. Yeah, and uh, so I suffered, uh, had some permanent damage, but it was uh, more to the uh, pituitary and uh, pineal and, and those things. And so, yeah, and uh, anyway, we are glad to have you with us. We are grateful to the Lord for his blessing and his mercy and love to have you communicate with us. And you do that by dialing 828-884-9427 or you text 828 828- Five seven seven, twelve ninety six, and that will put you in touch with us here this afternoon. Well, I bragged about how good twenty six was yesterday, but there have been a a series of wrecks on twenty six. I got in the traffic of one earlier. I can't tell if this is old or it's the same slowdown. Uh, people are like sheep. Uh, sheep will be going along, and if one jumps because it thinks it saw something, every sheep in the flock will jump at the same place. Not that they see anything. They just saw the other one jump, and they figure they might need to, too. That's the way people are about slowing down. Uh, when they see somebody else get on their brake lights, then they get on the brake lights, and then the one behind them gets on the brake lights, and it can take hours after a wreck is cleared for the traffic to quit slowing down. I'm serious. It, it can take hours for it to happen. So not sure. It was just a fender bender. It wasn't bad. But you have issues from the bottom of the hill coming up to the Parkway Bridge, and then it gets worse going down the hill past uh, 146, uh, and then it is moderate from there out to the airport. This afternoon we've got uh, enough traffic to mention in around on 25 south down by the parkway right in that section is a little slow a little off this afternoon but the big news is that the downtown trying to get downtown it is a mess and the mess begins there it's backed all the way up to the brevard let's see it's all the way back to 191 where 191 crosses, going into Asheville the old way, like you're going to Haywood Road, that's how far the backup is. So it's backed up all the way down from there, all the way up past Haywood Road, all the way up onto uh, the ramp, onto uh, the, where Patton Avenue comes in, all the way to the river. Lots of red ink this afternoon. Okay, 
and lots of lots of slowdown. Now, coming the other direction, it's it, well. Let me let me add to that. Okay, so you've got all this issue there on the bridge. It has got Smoky Park Highway or Patton Avenue backed up all the way out past Lester Highway. It is backed up all the way up to the Burger King there before you, near Haywood Road, that Burger King up the hill. It's backed up from Burger King all the way through the light there at Lester, all the way through the light there at the old Kmart, all the way <laughs> to the bridge. So, yeah, not doing well this afternoon. Coming the other direction. Oh, goodness. It is backed up uh, through the Bowcatcher Cut, almost all the way back to Chun's Cove. That backup continues. It's all the way down through town, and then it extends onto the bridge, and it extends backwards up, uh, wow, almost to where 25 comes in up there, uh, above, above Asheville. Yeah, up to the UNCA exit, it, right there. It's backed up almost back to there. And so real problems this afternoon. And again, I don't know exactly what's causing it. I am not still not showing a wreck, but apparently there has been one or something. Something's wrong. Asheville is pretty, uh, they, they, they like, they want to, everybody to walk. Well, they're, the traffic's moving at a walking pace anyway this afternoon in trying to get in and out of Asheville. And I don't have an alternate. I'm sorry, because everything seems to be backed up there. All right, and looking further down the, the valley, everything's good on 40 West. All right, let's drop off the mountain. Uh, Greenville, you know, usually is the, they're the worst. Well, not today. Greenville's much better shape than Asheville is. A little slowdown down on 385 near Simpsonville. You got your normal slowdown southbound near the airport. But other than that, things are moving pretty good in Greenville. And as far as wrecks are concerned, there may have been some, but I don't see any current ones. Okay, nothing current that I can get eyes on. All right, well, let's see what's going on as far as temperatures are concerned. It's been a nice day. We had to run down to Lenore today, so we've been on the road a lot. Um, 57 was the 554 report. Uh, northwest wind, it's a little uncomfortable. Sweater jacket weather, but it's still not too awfully bad. It is dry, 29% humidity. Uh, drop off to, to Greer. Interesting, the temperatures this time of year. 57 at Asheville, 58 at Greer. Yeah, that close. And uh, 58 south-southwest wind at 10. 36% humidity, a little more, more moist than it is in the mountains. Here at the studio, we are at 54.8, which is not unusual because we've had almost 30 minutes lapse since uh, those readings were taken from Asheville and Greenville. The uh, weatherman says 35 tonight, 62 tomorrow, 31 tomorrow night, 52 in sunshine for Saturday, our work day. Uh, here at the church, 28 Saturday night, 48 on Sunday. A chance of showers on Sunday night, low right down around freezing. Uh, 33 degrees with a 40% chance of rain. 40% chance early on Monday, but, but warming up to 50. And then we are looking at clear and moderate 
for the two, through next Thursday. Highs in the mid-50s, lows at night from the mid-20s to around 30. So, yeah, good week to be working outside, good week to be getting ready for Sherathon, which we are. And uh, so we're glad to have that, and it is going to be dry. On the first day of the month of February, and I don't have to chase sign-off tonight, hallelujah, uh, I have... <laughs> I, I hate being pressured that I have to constantly watch that clock. And so tonight our it's 6.15, isn't it, Brianna? Is that right? Give me a thumbs up. Is it 6.15? I believe that's right, is our sign, our sign uh, off. And uh, today, the, on the first day of February, the general operating budget of Anchor Broadcasting is being sponsored by Marie Ramoth. And it's in honor of her pastor, Kevin Smith, and his wife, Natera. And interestingly enough, Marie listens from Fairbanks, Alaska. And we appreciate her. And Brother Kevin Smith is, uh, and Miss and Miss Natera, they are the missionary pastor and his wife there in Fairbanks. Appreciate them today. Network budget sponsored in honor of the missionaries who go and the ones who give so that they can go. And we say amen to that. And let me mention that uh, today was the homegoing, the anniversary of the homegoing of Mr. Al Plemons. And he was a friend, a blessing to this ministry. And he's been on my mind today as we've been out on the road. We, we certainly appreciate his dear wife, Miss Betty, and appreciate, uh, again, how the Lord used them. Well, let's look. In the state of Michigan, Ann Arbor's with us twice, three times, excuse me. We've got Asheville online, uh, Birmingham a couple of times, Bluebell, Pennsylvania back with us, Brevard a couple of times, Clarksville, Georgia, Fort Mill, South Carolina, Fort Smith, Arkansas, Greensboro, North Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina, three times Hendersonville, North Carolina, a couple of times, Texas, Houston, Texas. Kiez, Mecklenburg, Germany. They listen round the clock. It's amazing. Lebanon, Tennessee is with us today. Morrisville, North Carolina. A couple of times, North Attleboro, Massachusetts. Oberlin, Ohio, and Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Rock Hill, one, two, three, four, five times. Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's amazing, the folks we have, and today's a small number. Now, sometimes we have way more than that. I just mentioned it once, but usually they're our largest audience, even compared to locally. Yeah, we'll have more in Rock Hill than we do in Brevard. That's not uncommon. Sacramento, California, Silva, North Carolina, Toledo, Ohio, an unknown listening post in Germany, unknown listening post in the United Kingdom, Unknown listening post in Europe, all making the debut here, making the list. And let me see here. Okay, it, re it, it refreshed. And when it refreshes, it goes back to the top. So I've got to figure out where I was. Okay, here we go. We're glad to have the nation's capital with us today, Washington, D.C., Weaverville, North Carolina, and in alphabetical order, Williamston, South Carolina. Round out our roll call here for the afternoon. And we are glad to have you with us. 577-1296, again, is the number 
uh, to contact us and to call, and uh, we'd certainly love to, love to hear from you. We are very grateful for everything the Lord has done, and we're very thankful for everything the Lord continues to do. And when I tell you that, people say, preacher says that, just have something to say. There's a whole lot of things that I don't say because they are specific to anchor to, to our church as far as things donated, things that go on. And I, I, if it's related to the radio, I, I, I talk about it. If it's related to missions, I try to talk about it. But what I don't talk about is the uh, things that are specific to the church. You know, I, I, don't, I don't ever want to pay... Number one, I don't ever want to get in a in a comparison thing. I never want to do that. I never want to think that we're in competition. I never want to make another pastor feel bad or, you know, I, I just don't want to do that. And so I can say, to God be the glory, that our uh, faith promise pledges, uh, we announced last night and then at the end of the service I had someone mention, so we were $36.00 over budget. We actually made budget and and plus $36. And last night I had another $50 commitment. And so we made budget this year plus $86. And so to God be the glory and the great things he hath done. But uh, I have been at the, been, been to, uh, I've been down to, uh, down to Lenore and uh, I, 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 and, I, and when I say this, I want you to uh, please don't think that we're, again, not saying this to brag, but we have had a lady donate her home, and she's elderly. She was never married, has no children, and she wants her home to be used for the glory of God. And so we have, and she, she did this some time ago. And so visited her today, and I got some pictures for insurance. And our hope is, uh, this is their idea. Of course, I hope she lives a very long time, and uh, she could. She has obviously the right to live there as long as she lives. Uh, and 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 should she pass, our thought would be a missions house that churches in in that area could use it to put up missionaries, evangelists, people traveling through. It's just a thought. It's in a nice neighborhood, and it's, uh, it's, it's a nice place. And uh, so we're, we're grateful for that. And we would like to use it for something along those lines. And uh, the, the only thing that we're, it's, it's two full hours away from here. And so for us to do the maintenance and other things on it, that's, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to we're going to pressure wash it. We're going to paint it. We're going to do some other things uh, while she's, you know, while she's still living. But uh, the Lord did that, and I don't know what to tell you, but the Lord did that. And uh, I asked somebody asked me that. I said, "Preacher, how, how many houses is the church going to have?" And I said, "Just exactly as many as God wants us to have." I reckon. Because, uh, you know, I, I, I don't even know this lady. I've never met this lady until today. Matter of fact, she did the complete transaction. I had having never met us. Having never even met me. So uh, 
and she is she is of right mind. I promise you, she is sharp as she can be. Her health is failing her, but she is sharp as she can be. And so we're we're very grateful, and we're very thankful, and we're we're blessed. And again, have I? I, I, I let, me just, let me just give you this right quick, okay? I have a my mother will be ninety years old. Uh, a week from yesterday, on the seventh, she didn't turn ninety. For anyone to pray on an elderly person, it, it just it, don't put me on a jury where somebody has committed a crime against an elderly person, particularly fraud and and trying to take what somebody's worked for all their life. Don't put me on the jury, but man, I, I'll, I'll push for the death penalty. I'm just telling you, I can't take it. And so I, I guard. I try to guard their interests with every interest with everything that I have and everything that we have here in this ministry. And, uh, but I, 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 I mean, what an honor, but also what a responsibility. You know, what a responsibility is that? Somebody to give you their home. You know, that's that's huge. And, uh, you know, the Lord, <laughs> all I can tell you is the, Lord's, the Lord has done that. And, uh, and I bless his name. Somebody said, well, you know, you're going to sell it, get the money. Well, uh, it, it, that, that's, not, that's not in the equation. We're wanting to use it for the glory of God. And even though it's not going to benefit us directly, if it could benefit some churches in that area, then that would be awesome. Some missionaries, some evangelists, and others—that would be just, be just tremendous. So we're we're still, but again, we, we, that's nothing in the immediate future. But I can tell you this, okay? So we have, you know, we have elderly folks who are scared to death of everything. They're scared of telemarketers. They're scared of mail fraud. They're scared of bank fraud. They're scared of everything. And the truth of the matter is, rightly so. And again, it makes me so mad when I find when I hear that somebody has tried to defraud somebody else. Oh my goodness! And uh, I'm trying to teach my mom. She'll have somebody in call and say, "Say we're going to cancel your insurance if you don't do such and such," and make these little threats and these sorts of things. I said, "Mama, you tell them." to call Randy Barton and you give him my phone number. And if it's any matter of business at all, and if it's legit, they'll call me. And if it's not, it's a scam. She says, well, I just hang up on him. I said, well, that's fine too, Mom. You do whatever you want to. But if you think, well, it could be legitimate, then you give him my phone number and you tell him, call me, I'll deal with him. And I can tell you, I've got the detectives on speed dial. And that's the truth. I, 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 the detectives in this county are friends of mine. And of course, I'm, you know, I, I'm a volunteer chaplain uh, at the Sheriff's Department and still have my, my call sign there. I'm, I'm 811 on the Sheriff's Department under Sheriff Ornby. And, but I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, we don't put up with it. And if you hear 
And the sheriff of Henderson County feels the same way about it. If you hear of an elderly person being defrauded, report it. And they may not want to. Report it. Get somebody on it. Don't put up with that junk. And if you are older and you don't know somebody that comes to your door, don't you let them in. So I said, well, they said they're from the IRS. Tough. Tough. Tell them to wait till there's somebody a witness there. Shut the door. Yeah. Don't do not let them in. If you don't know them, don't let them in. And if they're legit, they can wait till somebody else gets there. If they're legitimate, they wouldn't mind having a sheriff's deputy come and look at their credentials, would they? If they're legitimate. I'm just saying we have had so many people defrauded. And just so a lot of our elder people don't know this. Okay, so, so and I know this sounds crazy, but there's something now called synthetic voice. It's in the news this week. There's going to be a lawsuit. Some of these stars, they took their voices and made them say things they didn't say. And the bad part of it is they can do it with video. They can take a video of somebody singing or talking. They can capture their facial movements when they make syllables. The computer will do this. Artificial intelligence, you've heard so much about it, AI. You type in what you want that person to say and a real live video of a person, you, they, they digitally edit it, and that person will say anything that you, that, they, that you want them to say. I can take a video, I mean, of, of any preacher, and if I was so minded, make them cuss like a sailor, and say, well, I saw them do it, I heard them do it. Yeah, it's in their voice, and it's their mouth moving, but that don't mean that they said it. You cannot believe it, okay? I'm just telling you. So here's what's happening. This happened to my brother-in-law, and my brother-in-law is a tech guru. He is international, has international offices with technology. He was sitting at his desk, and his cell phone rang, and it was his son. The problem is his son is sitting there looking at him in the other office. And this person on the other line, it's his voice, his son's voice. And he said, Dad, I need you to change my checking. So when this week's paycheck, I've, I've got me a new bank account, and I need you to put it in this new bank account and gave the number. And his son was sitting there looking at him. That was not his voice. I mean, it was in his, in, that, in his boy's voice. And if he hadn't been looking at him, it was so believable, he would have thought it was him. So, well, what happened? They copied his voice off of social media, off of something, off of a telemarketer. You talk to them, they talk to you about stuff, and, and they copy your voice. And now they can do voice authorizations. 
I know it's scary. I know it is. And so let me, let me tell you this. If you are older and you're, you have fear, you're scared, if you can get you someone that you trust with your life and make them your power of attorney, and that gives them the right to act on your behalf in your interest. Somebody said, well, I've got an executor of my will. That is, that is of no consequence as long as you're alive. At the moment you're pronounced dead, that executor suddenly comes into power. The same is true with the power of attorney. The power of attorney dies with you. So if you've given someone power of attorney, power of attorney is for life. The moment they pronounce you dead, now the power of attorney dies. Now it's the executor that takes over and makes all the decisions. And it may be one and the same person, but you need to have somebody that you trust. <clears throat> and in some cases, somebody who does not have, who does not stand to gain from your demise. Not always, but someone that you trust that would not usher your death to get what you have. Does that make sense? Who would make decisions in your best interest. So two different things. Your will contains your administrator, or, or it's actually if you appoint them, it's, it's called the executor, the executor of your will. And they take control the moment that you're pronounced dead. Suddenly they're in charge and they act on your behalf to carry out your final wishes. But a power of attorney acts now, and you can give them whatever you want to give them, whatever power. You can give complete, durable power of attorney where they can take out loans, buy things, buy cars, anything in your name. So, well, I don't want to do that. Well, limit it. They can pay bills. They can, you know. And then there's one that's separate from that that's medical power of attorney. And some real live person needs to have that. And I am not a fan of advanced directives. I have seen those used against people. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of do not resuscitate orders. I am not a fan, I mean, uh, unless someone is terminally ill, I am not a fan of advanced directives because, again, they can be used against you. If you have a medical power of attorney, they make your decisions. I want a living, breathing person who loves me to make that decision for me that if I can't make it myself, that's what I want. Not a doctor, not a lawyer, not a judge. I want someone who loves me, living, breathing, and knows the circumstances that I'm in when I can't answer for myself and make decisions for myself, I want somebody that knows me and loves me to make those decisions. And you need to, you need to get that in writing. It has to be notarized. A medical power of attorney, a durable power of attorney, and then for a will, you need an executor. And I'll be glad to discuss any of these things with anyone that, that if, if you don't, if it's too, if I'm going too fast or you it's beyond you, I'll be glad to help you. And I'm going to say this, but I want you to I, please, please, please. I'm not fishing 
I'm not trying to coax someone into something. Okay, not at all. But I will tell you that, that this dear lady who, who left her, us her home and her automobile and her personal possessions, we brought the attorney to her home. We brought the notary. We brought everything that we needed. Uh, we took care of all the expenses. We did all the filings. Everything was done. It cost her nothing. And there is something that is called a life estate. Somebody said, well, I'm, I don't want to give you what I've got and me still alive. Well, there's something that's called a life estate. And probably most folks who are retired or at least, you know, I don't know when, when you would make the decision. But a lot of people think that they're going to hold what they have right up until, uh, you know, they get bad health. And then they're suddenly going to switch it into their children's names so that the Medicare doesn't take it. Well, I'm sorry, that no longer works. No. They have what's called a look back. And they can go back on you five years. So any type of transaction that takes place. So I said, well, what do you mean? I gave it to my son and then I went and arrest him. It's his, right? Wrong. Nope. The government can go back on you five years and they can put a lien on it, even though it's in his name, they can put a lien on it for however much the rest home costs. It's a fact. There's a couple of ways around it. But one of the ways that you can do typically is what's called a life estate if you do it early enough. So a life estate basically works like this. Let's just, let's just use a scenario. I've only got one living child. So let's say that I was going to do a life estate. If I were to do a life estate, then that's not a will. A will goes through probate and a will goes through all those things. This is an actual transaction while I'm living but I put it in a life estate. That means that it remains mine. I can control it and I can change it. But at my death, a transaction takes place instantly and it instantly becomes my daughter's. It's called life estate. It is a transaction that's in limbo. It's, it's being held pending a future date and that date is when you die. And typically, if those are done, especially five years out, should you have to go on a rest home, typically it, it, you, you're protected. It protects what you have. Okay. So I said you're trying to beat the government. Well, not necessarily. Um, I've seen, I've seen families. I've seen the rest home wipe out families. I've seen it. I've seen it wipe out everything. I mean, take all the land, all the house, all the person, everything, the car, take everything. I know a situation right now that a man's dear wife was in the rest home for several years, and they put a lien against his property. Now he he don't have to pay it, but at his death, his children will not be able to inherit 
because it will be sold and the money will go to Medicare to pay for the Medicaid, whichever it is, to pay for the restaurant bill that he couldn't pay. So, yeah, there's a lot to that thing. And so I would I would suggest you get a, a somebody a good counsel, find you a good financial planner, an attorney, talk to them about it. We do have resources that I can make available. I can answer specific questions. I've got accountants, I've got attorneys. We've got people who, who do this every day. And if you want to shoot a specific question about something, we can try to get you an answer. Again, the radio is a tough place to be trying to deal with all this in, in particular, okay? But again, if someone wanted to donate anything for that matter, if somebody wanted to donate an automobile, we, we obviously receive automobiles. And if we pass an automobile on to a benevolent cause or we keep it and use it here for a nonprofit cause, then you get to take the full book value or the market value of that vehicle on Form 1098C with the IRS. If you give a vehicle and it is sold, you only get to claim whatever it brings. So if you had a almost new car and you gave it to a nonprofit and they sold it for $500, you get to claim $500. It don't matter what it was worth. You get $500. Whatever they give, whatever they got for it is what you get for it. I know. It's a law that went into effect a few years ago. There was a lot of junk going on among nonprofits. CEOs were driving almost brand new stuff, and they'd buy it from the company, you know, for the, from the nonprofit for five hundred bucks for a new BMW or a new Cadillac or whatever. Oh yeah, and so the government put a stop to it. But in churches, if you get the opportunity for somebody to donate, I had one today. A needed family, and here's people that have a vehicle, people that need a vehicle, but in order to get a tax receipt, they need to run it through a nonprofit. And so churches can do that. You know, any 501c3 can do that. Uh, there is expense, obviously, at DMV involved, but there's the form is called 1098C. And uh, there's a little bit of a learning curve how to do it and how to fill it out, how to file it, but we do it often. And so we're glad to try to help uh, churches there if we can. I'm going to wipe the slate clean, and I want to share something with you uh, that is, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, let me, uh, okay, so let me, let me go to the text line right quick. 0502 says, that's awesome, God is so great, as many as God gives you, amen, amen. All right, and uh, there has been uh, a series, okay, so... Uh, so they're, they're saying breaking news. U.S. officials have confirmed to CBS News that plans have been approved for a series of strikes over a number of days against targets, including Iranian personnel and facilities inside Iraq and Syria. Notice where they are inside Iraq and Syria. Yeah, that's nothing new. I knew it wouldn't be inside Iran. That would be considered an escalation. Okay. Someone has commented and said, we see it all the time at the bank. They call elderly people as grandchildren, use their voice and tell them that they are in trouble and need money, that they're in jail or there's something going on. And it's, this is someone saying it's scary. 
how good they are in getting people and how many people fall for it. And go wire them money. Go send them money. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? Listen to me. If they're in jail, it's a public record. And if they're in jail, we can find out if they're in jail. Don't ever fall for that junk. I've had more people ripped off with that old thing. It's terrible. And, 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 and you know, wire me some money. I'm broke down. Wire me some money and all this other junk. Terrible. Uh, yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. And uh, so uh, how did that just happen? I'm not sure. Somebody asked if that was Archie Watkins yesterday singing uh, uh, Amazing Grace on the first sign-on. Yes, it was. And, uh, okay, so there's, uh, I think I've answered all that. So let me change, let me give you something that's equally scary. This is not my opinion. This is not even, I don't even, I don't even want to talk about it. But it happened yesterday. The uh, brother, brother Jones sent it to me. And uh, I, when I, when I listened to it, I, I was, I was stunned. I mean, I was just completely stunned. It didn't even hardly make the news. The, the director of cybersecurity and infrastructure, the, an infrastructure securist security agency. So the initials is CISA, the CISA. The woman's name is Jen Easterly. She's the director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency of the United States government. Yesterday, warned about China's hacking threats before the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party. I have her voice. This is, I mean, this is her talking. And uh, there's, of course, of course there's a commercial. And uh, there's always a commercial. Anything YouTube, I hate it. And, uh, but I can't get around it, I don't look like, so I'll have to let it run. But uh, what she's basically saying is that in Chinese electronics and in things that, in, in the Internet, they believe that the Chinese government is hacking the United States. And when I say hacking, it's not just to aggravate us. Here she goes. Deeply concerning evolution in Chinese targeting of U.S. critical infrastructure. In particular, we've seen Chinese cyber actors, including those known as Volt Typhoon, burrowing deep into our critical infrastructure to enable destructive attacks in the event of a major crisis or conflict. This is a world where a major crisis halfway across the planet could well endanger the lives of Americans here at home through the disruption of our pipelines, the severing of our telecommunications, the pollution of our water facilities, the crippling of our transportation modes, all to ensure that they can incite societal panic and chaos and to deter our ability to marshal military might and civilian will. 
Now, the threat is not theoretical. The threat is not theoretical. I'm not going to play any more of it. I've been studying it. So, this is what this is what they, the, the fear is. There's a, we have a whole just like we have the CIA. Well, we have the CISA, and they're n- nothing but cyber, nothing but digital, nothing but internet. And they believe that China has already embedded basically a kill switch into many of our critical systems in the United States. And what she was talking about, a critical incident around the world could trigger it here. So in other words, let's just say that China decides next week they're going to invade Taiwan. And of course, it's just a matter of time. We all know that's going to happen. And should the United States try to intervene, they could push the kill switch and cut off all cell phones, all phones in general, cut off the Internet. Someone said, well, how could they do that? Let me just tell you a little story, and then you, you tell me what you think. So there is a facility that gets hacked all the time. And they have a great deal of security on this. It's an educational facility, but they get hacked all the time. I mean, they get hit thousands of times a day. So they brought in almost what you would call a cyber tech security team to look at their system and to look for holes and to look for bugs and to look for things that you normally wouldn't look for. And they needed eyes from the outside looking in. And so they did. And they looked at the records and they looked at this long term. And they got to noticing that ever so often there was a connection to communist China going out of the facility. Not in, but out. Now, you hear what I just said? It wasn't China trying to get into the facility. It was something in the facility sending things out of the facility. And when the chief communications officer saw it, he said, no way. They said, oh, yeah, look here. Here, look over here. Look over here. You know what they found out it was? You know what a nanny cam is? One of these little cameras that you plug in and you go so you can see what's going on in the next room. It was one from China. One of the cheap little ones. They had put it on a door just to see who was at the door before they went and opened it. Just to watch the door. That camera was sending information back to China. Yeah. From here. From our county. Sure was. It was embedded in it. 
It was in its code when it was built. So think of this. Every cell phone that we own came from China. All of them. Every camera that exists that I'm aware of all came from China, unless there might be some cheaper ones that came from India. Think about how much of the electronics in your house, every computer, every iPad, smartwatches, all those things, were built by the communist. What if there's a kill switch deeply embedded within them and we try to prevent them from attacking Taiwan and suddenly they hit the kill switch and America's plunged back into the horse and buggy days. Somebody said, Preacher, you shouldn't say that on the radio. That's never going to happen. Information from our government and industry partners, CISA teams have found and eradicated Chinese intrusions in multiple critical infrastructure sectors, including aviation, water, energy, transportation. They've already now, found Now, based them. on this information, this is likely just the tip of the iceberg. So we're working aggressively with our partners in industry. Do, and across do, do you the understand? I mean, this didn't even make the news. Do you understand how big this is? They believe that they already have back doors into our technology and that they could hold us hostage and they could shut down our pipelines. They could maybe shut down our refineries. They may could shut down, I mean, all of our banking system, shut down the grocery store, shut down everything. Because you can't do anything without the Internet. And if they crash the Internet, we're in trouble. Well, <laughs> so whose idea was it to make China favored trade status? Whose idea was it to send all of, the, all of our jobs to China? America makes nothing electronic. Everything's made in China. And even if it's assembled here, the chips are made in China for the most part. And China has a kill switch. And I'm calling it that for lack of something better to say. We know they hacked in to the pipeline, the colonial pipeline, and you saw what that did a couple years ago. We know they did. And here's the problem. We have like electricity. It's not on the grid. There are what's called diodes, information diodes that are on the system. Uh, Duke can monitor what's coming out of the plant, but they can't send anything in. They still use humans for that. They still use, you know, old-timey communications for that. But what if we've used a Chinese part in something? You follow what I'm saying? It could be. So the, war, the next war is going to be a quite different war. And see... When I say things like this, people are gonna people are gonna say, "Yeah, he's a prepper and trying to get everybody to prep and all this other stuff." I, I'm, that's not it. I, <laughs> we, we don't have anything laid back hardly. I mean, I mean, we go go straight every week because we have to, you know. And the day was here at the church. We had tractor trailer loads of food at any given time because of the warehouse. That's no longer true. It's no longer true. But what if communications goes down? What if 
the internet goes down. What if, what if, what if? What will you need? You will need a radio. You need to put that down. You will need a radio. And you'll need one that has batteries or that has solar or even one that you crank. You can have one that wind it up and it generates power and charges a battery when you wind it. Seriously. A photocell that you can set in the sunshine. You'll need a radio. You'll need alternate heat and, and, and light. You'll need those things. Those are, those are givens. But you'll also need some cash. And you'll need it in smaller bills, 20s. 20s seem to be the bill that's the best. So I said, well, we got all our money in hundreds. You know how many people don't take hundreds? See it all the time. Nothing over 20. No, no bills over 20. See it all the time. Well, I figured this way. I can walk in a store and carry out $20 worth of something. I can pick up $20 worth of my arms. So I can spend $20. If they're not giving change, I can spend $20. We learned this stuff in disaster. That's how I had to pay. That's how we paid for fuel. That's how we paid for everything. We sent cash. There was no internet. There was no credit card. There was none of those things. The places that had it, you paid cash or you didn't buy it. We learned. And we sent hundreds. It was worthless. It was worthless. We wouldn't take it. Even though we bought hundreds of dollars worth of fuel, they wouldn't take a $100 bill. So we learned to carry 20s, $20 bills. Just saying. And depending on what level of chaos it would come to, I mean, you know, you, you know, there's there's all kinds of security questions and all sorts of other things that are things that people need to think about. Because let it start snowing. School's in session, it starts snowing. They turn school out, all the moms rush to the schools, they're trying to call, and the phones don't work. Cell phones quit working because we're on a shared system. They're not designed for everybody to use them at the same time. And so they quit working. Same thing if you're on the Internet and you don't have a dedicated line. If you're on a shared line, the more people are on it, the slower it gets. That's why it's so slow at night. That's why it's so slow first thing in the morning. Everybody's on it. Can you imagine if everybody's trying to communicate by Internet all at the same time? It's not going to work very well. Same thing with cell phones. Same thing with a regular phone. If you have a copper phone... They're not designed for everybody that has a copper phone to pick it up and talk at the same time. It's not designed that way. And by the way, all of our phone calls go through the Internet to get back. You can't even call across the street. You can't even call across the street. And when I say Internet, let me rephrase that, over fiber and digital. They're digital. But they do leave and go and come back. They're, they're outboard. So it has to leave here and then come back here. Even if you're calling a guy across the street on a copper line to a copper line, it no longer goes up to the central office and comes back down the line. It doesn't do that anymore. It changes states before it comes back down the line. It does it instantaneously. It sounds like you're talking to the person next door. I mean, it's instant. You, you know, it's speed of light. But it, it, yeah, so what happens if that goes down? Yeah, exactly. We got a problem. So, and they tell me that they want me to, to give up my gun. And they tell me, well, we don't want one that has a high capacity. Well, what's the bad guy got? High capacity. Well, why would you 
want me to give up my high-capacity gun if the bad guy's got a high-capacity gun. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So we are, <laughs> we're in a mess. We're in a mess in so many, so many ways I can't even explain we're in a mess. And if indeed that the Chinese have embedded all of this stuff into all of our equipment, and of course they're hacking in all the time, hacking, 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 trying to find, disrupt things. What if they did it on the day of the elections? What if they did it, you know, I mean, they could, they could set this country on its ear. It could take us a long time to get over it. And my question is, how did we become so dependent on this stuff? And how did we give the manufacturer of all of the things that we use in, in digital communications and digital everything, how did we give it all to the communists to build? How does that work? Who thought that was going to be a good idea? But we did. It's called NAFTA. Even Rush Limbaugh was for NAFTA. I fought NAFTA for everything it was worth. Didn't matter. Republicans and Democrats alike loved it. I hated it from the get-go when I first heard about it. I hated it. And it has proved to be, it may prove to be our downfall. I'm just telling you. Lord help us. You can't do anything without Internet now. You can't get to a transaction. You can't go to the bank. You can't do anything. You can't buy anything. Most stores don't even have the price on the product. If they can't scan it with a barcode scanner, they don't know how much it costs. Seriously. Have you ever been in a, in a Walmart when there was no power? I have. A Walmart employee took a flashlight and walked me back during a disaster, wrote down the price of what it was I picked up off of the shelf and brought it to the front, and I paid in, guess what, 20s. Yep. But they're not supposed to do that, but it was a, it was a disaster. It was an emergency, and we were disaster officials. But they did let us get some things. But, yeah, they, didn't even, they couldn't even tell us how it was. I pulled into a Flying J with a truck and a camper that was completely out of gas. I waited till I got there. Got there, and the Internet was down, and I couldn't buy gas. They couldn't pump it. It wouldn't come out of the ground. They couldn't turn the pumps on because they were linked back to some other place. And, and the Internet link was down, and there was no fuel at that truck stop. You talk about a bunch of mad truckers. Because the internet was down. Thousands and thousands of gallons of fuel in the ground, but they couldn't pump it. Because the pumps are controlled out of wherever it was their base was. Yeah. Lord help us. Lord help us. Lord help us. I ask you to pray this afternoon. Well, there's a, a dear lady that has found, they have found an issue with her thyroid. And that she will be having one portion of her thyroid removed in the upcoming uh, days and in several weeks from now. And so please remember that. And then I pray for a man who had a, a, something removed yesterday and they are doing a pathology on it, uh, checking to see, to make sure that it was, make sure that it is benign. And then we're also asking you to pray uh, for uh, a number of other folks that are sick and that are hurting. And then those that are bereaved and then there are some who soon will be bereaved. And so we're asking that you pray for them. 
Would you pray for Sherathon? We are only 24 days away and how we need God's help. And somebody said, well, God moved last year. I know, but let's don't, let's don't uh, let up praying uh, just because God moved last year. We never want to presume upon the grace of God or the mercy of God. It's because of his mercies that we're not consumed, and that's the only reason. Okay, I can assure you that. All right? We'd also need to pray and ask God's help for a church that's going through a situation, and then we need to ask we ask the Lord's help and, and uh, uh, his uh, divine intervention on the behalf of uh, some Christian workers and pray that God's uh, blessings there. Remember Brother Robert Jones, he and, uh, and uh, a team from Wahoo, they leave uh, Atlanta tomorrow going to uh, Africa. And because they're going into a, a red zone, uh, they're going into Burkina Faso. And because it's such a high terrorist area, the uh, Air France won't fly there. So they're having to go to Paris, switch off into Turkey, go to Istanbul and switch planes and then fly into Burkina Faso. Brother Robert Jones, Mark Stroud, Brother Adam Borden, and Matt Stevens are going over to visit missionary Keith Shoemaker there in Burkina Faso, and it's a very dangerous place. Please pray for them as they travel. Brother Stephen Fanning is in La Paz, Bolivia, and he is concluding two weeks there, and pray for his safe return home this weekend. Would you do that? And I know everybody that's involved We'll appreciate that. And yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, we also want to mention, to God be the glory, we had a container arrive today, a 40-foot container that was sitting in here on our lot. It arrived safe and sound in Santa Cruz, Bolivia. It's been many a mile. And that thing arrived today, and it's full of tracts and Bibles. And so, to God be the glory, I saw the crane lift it. That's wonderful. Let's pray together if we can right now. Father, we thank you for all the goodness and grace, everything that you've done. Lord, for all you've given, for all you've forgiven, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. Lord, you are worthy, and we bless your holy name. Lord, please be pleased to help us, and Lord, may, you, may we be found faithful in your sight. Lord, I pray that we would never misuse or take advantage of anything that God's people have entrusted us with. And may it ever redound to the glory and honor of God, for it's in Christ's holy name that we ask it and pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. I'm Pastor Randy Barton.